listening to Fox Sports Radio. Let's start with the big picture of the tournament. And in the headlines, the question was, is Gonzaga on pace to be the best team in college basketball history? Now, I'm going to have you do point-counterpoint, Fez, but you're only going to do one point. And the one point is going to be on, yes, they are if they win out. And then the second point is going to be, no, they're not. Give me the most compelling argument. First, yes, Gonzaga would be the best team. And let's say in the modern era, UCLA, John Wooden, what they were doing, it was a different era. But 1976, last time there's been an undefeated champion, Bobby Knight's Hoosiers, they're in Indiana it feels like the universe is going to say something to us. Make the case first that the Zags would be the best. All right. Going into the tournament, Gonzaga was already the clear-cut, deemed-to-be best team. Uh, no, we're not asking, would they be the best team this year, right? Mm-hmm. We're saying, would they be the best team ever? And here's the case for. Yes. Look at the results in the tournament. Despite laying huge spreads throughout the tournament, Gonzaga's not only 4-0 against the spread, but they've covered, on average, by seven points per game. Here's, so here's a team that is just massively exceeding expectations, despite being the best team this year. That puts them in the category. So when you say best team this year, the reason that's important is because that feeds the expectations. So think about the Patriots. If you ever wonder how vague, how it's not easy just to play the best team, the undefeated until the last game, Patriots, if you took them every game from the ninth game on, all right, so first half of the season, eight games, undefeated. Now, if you would have known how good the Patriots were, before the first game, you could have made some real money. They won. They covered most of those games. But from game number nine on, now let's be clear what they did since then. They literally won eight straight to finish 16-0. They won their first playoff game second. So they won 10 straight games after the 8-0 start. And against the spread, I'm going by memory here, they covered two of those games. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So two out of 11 games... In which they were ten and one, they covered twice in eleven games. Even though they won straight up the Patriots ten times. Thus, when expectations are high, it's very difficult to overcome them because the bookies, and we know what the bookies are about. Cockroaches. Cockroaches. Yeah. They're about themselves beyond a normal self-interest. Right. Very much like the out for themselves. You got to know it, right? You got to know it. And what they know is the public's like lemmings. Whatever's on Sports Center, whatever's on the radio, they're going to believe it. And thus, if there's a clear cut consensus, when you have shows like Straight Out of Vegas saying, hey, you can have Gonzaga or any two teams, but by <laughs> the way, the two teams, you got to give them plus money just to even it out. That means you're going to get a lot of default money on the Zags. Just the kind of the default. Hey, this is the sharp action, right? Yeah. And thus, you got to not only account for how good the Zags are when you juice up the price, you also got to account for the public following what everyone's talking about. And for the bookmakers to attempt to do that 
And for the Zags to exceed expectation every time, that's a hell of a case, Steve Fezzik, that this is an, uh, they would finish undefeated, obviously. Now, we can say how tough was their schedule, and I think it'd be a valid point. But boy, if they finish anywhere, let's just say they push the next two games. So this first game, Gonzaga against UCLA, they're a 14 point favorite. Let's say they win by 14. Exactly expectation. And then let's say Baylor wins. We don't know. They're a five-point favorite. What's your estimate on the Zags? If they won by 14, Baylor, they won by five. What's the title game odds? Six. Okay. And let's say then that Gonzaga wins by six. At that point, and that's the most likely outcome, is falling right around expectation. That's why it's expectation. Mm -hmm. We're straight out of Vegas. That's how we know those kind of things. <laughs> but I'll say this. If they do, you could make the case this is as impressive or maybe the most impressive six-game run we've seen in a long, long time. I think so. And even some of these great teams. So that I think were Connecticut comparing. back in like 2004 had a heck of a run. Uh, but there's been others. But go ahead. Yeah, but I'm just thinking in, into the past. And even the great teams, like the, the UNLV team that won the championship. Oh, then the one that was better that didn't win the championship when Duke beat them in the semis. What? As Remember, nine-point favorite UNLV was in that matchup. But they won the team that did win the championship almost lost to Ball State in the second round. Most of these great teams had a hiccup where they were in danger possibly of losing. That's certainly not the case with how the Zags have rolled through this tournament. I think the number, and you're hearing a lot of numbers fly. The one that I think is the most telling is how many teams in the first four games had won by the margin similar to the Zags. Mm. And I, the number was five or six. I can't remember exactly, but that was one I thought, okay, that makes some sense. So let's say the Zags up to this point is one of the five or six best runs in the modern era of the tournament. You would say, well, what is their regular season? An undefeated regular season, but without great competition in conference. But they win every game in conference by double digits. Won every game except West Virginia by double digits. The West Virginia wasn't by doubles. Every other game, the whole season, including the tournament, by double digits. You could have taken 10 points off that or nine points off them every game, and they would have lost one. Think about that for a second. All right. But now you got to weigh it with well, competition wasn't great. But out of conference, they were pretty competitive. I mean, they had some real games, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, West Virginia, you referenced that. They were a three seed. They beat Iowa, a two seed. I mean, this is a team. Yeah, they so, beat Virginia. So they played some quality opponents. So when Kentucky went undefeated in the SEC, you wouldn't have said, I would have said their schedule was tougher than the Zags overall, even sure. though the Zags really tried to make up for it out of conference. But let's say a step, a full step down from a good, tough regular season schedule. But now that would still put them as one of the seven or eight best regular seasons of the last 40 years. So if you have one of the seven or eight best regular seasons and you match up that with one of the four or five best postseasons, I don't think any other team has done that that I can think of. What's up, everyone? It's me, three-time NFL All-Pro Sean Marion. And I have a new sports podcast called the Lights Out Podcast with Sean Marion. This podcast is special to me as I get a chance to talk to some of the best who've ever done it 
on the field or the track. So whether it's talking to a Super Bowl champion or a NASCAR Cup Series champion, the Lights Out podcast will bring it to you the only way I know how to. I'm giving you the best insight from the best who's ever done it. Listen to Lights Out with Sean Merriman on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, Fez, dealer's choice, win totals are out. Remember, 17 games. 17 games. So an eight-win team is below average. What's your number one takeaway? The Baltimore Ravens are the third highest team in season wins. So I think Vegas got this one right, where number one, the Chiefs are supposed to win 12. They're the best team. Buccaneers, 11 and a half. They're the second best. Now, the Ravens, in terms of Super Bowl odds, they're the number six pick to win. So you're talking, right? Listen, I'm going to turn the mic on for the, uh, where we have the people that watch the show behind the glass. Let's see what they're saying about you, you t- bring out the Ravens. Gee, I have to shut that off. Dude, more Ravens talk. I mean, so what's your take? I mean, because you've been really wishy-washy on the Ravens. One time, I mean, if we go back in time, I mean, we got this on tape. I've never seen two teams sit at the top of the NFL like this. They're like up there like a king and a queen. It's Kansas City and it's Baltimore. We're back in today now. Fez. Baltimore wasn't very good. Baltimore is built to win in the regular season, and Vegas recognizes this. That's why they're saying, you know what? We think Baltimore's going to win the 11 games. But right, so, so, to be clear, their win total is 11. All right. So, that would be 11 and 6. All right. Now, there's two teams with a higher win total Kansas City's number one. What's their win total? 12. Okay. So, 12. I'm going to do the math in my head. Five, 12 and five. I hate 17 games. Ugh, I'll be retired by the time I get used to this. I don't know about that. All right. And the second one, Tampa Bay. 11 and a half. All right. Now, who's fourth? There's a bunch of teams tied. And what's the, at 11? Or, or at 10 one? and a half. Okay. That's perfect. That's what I wanted to understand. So, what we're saying is there's in the regular season, three teams above the others. Yes. All right. Now, let's be clear. Win totals are not exactly the power rankings. It's not like, oh, first win total, best team, second, second. But it's close, but it's not that. The distinction is the factors that affect your ability as a team to win games other than how good you are. Schedule, strength of schedule. Uh, once they come out with the Monday night, the Thursday night, that kind of stuff, sure. maybe you got disadvantages. You're playing a lot of teams with buys. Maybe you got a quarterback that's going to be young, and you've got some of your tougher games early, which would be a disadvantage. There's all kind of ways, but that's usually a half a win. You add all that stuff right. up. So in general, it's a pretty good surrogate right now, a proxy for who's the best teams. Just look at the win totals, and number one. In its own category, Kansas City. Number two, in its own category, Tampa Bay. And in the regular season, number three, own category, Baltimore. So what we know is the three best teams, by the new numbers that just came out, and the sports book? DraftKings, DraftKings. Okay, DraftKings. And... 
they are a Jersey focused book, and but they are very ambitious, and they got the win totals out. And I think I agree. I wouldn't want Baltimore as the third favorite to win the Super Bowl, but if it's coming on winning uh, regular season games, Hardballs do that just fine. I mean, not necessarily in Michigan, but you know they had to play High State, but not this year because they didn't really, you know, they they couldn't. It was impossible. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fez will go with the bet first, and it's in the Houston Baylor game. Baylor, the one seed, favored by five points in the game. What do you got? So we got a one versus a two seed. Now, typically, that would be about a two and a half point spread. Okay, now let's think about that. We got a long history of one versus twos. And as we said yesterday, it's not like Baylor is clearly the best one. In fact, they're not. And it's not like Houston is clearly a bad two. They're the only two remaining, and they weren't even a bad two coming in. So there's nothing unusual that would say, oh, this line should be bigger. Exactly right. Yet this line is double what we normally would expect at five. So the line is five. Yes, And so, because of what's going on, well, I just think Houston and a smaller conference is being underlooked. They had two games they didn't cover. Okay, so hold on a second. Houston and a smaller conference is being underlooked. I'm not sure what that means, underlooked, but okay, I can kind of get the gist of it. But Gonzaga's from a small conference. So, what you're saying is, I mean... Does Baylor really have that much more profile than Houston? Oh, I think so. Yeah. So that's that's your of all the factors in this game, you think that's the key factor is Houston's from a small conference. Well, and they Is that the key factor? No. They, then you, why are you leading with that? Lead with the key, baby. The key factor is these two teams are comparable and I'm catching they're close and I'm catching 5 points. Okay. So what I'll do here is explain why you're catching 5 points. It's because of what we talked about earlier that Baylor had a COVID pause. And after that COVID pause, they played poorly. They played, it was eight games, the next eight games after, and it was a 20-day pause in February. So it was like from February uh, like 2nd to 22nd, right around there. So a big chunk of February, they're just sitting around, not practicing, not whatever. First of all, you're getting out of shape. Right to some degree, in the eight games that followed that led up to the first game of the tournament, two wins against the spread, six losses, two and six against a, you know, a, for a Baylor team that was excellent. I mean, excellent this year. They were right there, one A, one B with Gonzaga for a lot of the year up until the COVID pause. Since then, since then, there's been three games, and Baylor has covered by an average of four points per game. So by 12 points in these three games, they've exceeded expectation. So it feels like there's been a turn, right? You have a Baylor team that was just outstanding, 1B with Gonzaga, all the way up to February. COVID pause, 20 days. Now we can debate how COVID affects teams. What we know is the next eight games, they were two and six against the spread, Baylor. And then now there's been three since then, and they've covered all three of them. By a total of 12 points. Baylor is being penalized for something that's no longer applicable. They're no longer the team that had the COVID pause. At least the effects of it aren't there. It's not prevalent. Maybe there's a little bit. I don't know. But it isn't much because they're covering by four points in the NCAA tournament on average. That's mighty good. 
Do you agree with that, Faz? Yes, I do. All right. So, would you say that was the main reason? Because we talked about this game earlier. That was your focus. That that you thought the COVID pause was the main reason. I just don't see how you can have a five a Baylor team laying five against a good number two seed. It just seems inflated to me. So you actually. So what you're saying is you like Houston. I do. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. So I'm confused because when we, because this is great. I mean, what I'm saying is it's great that we have two sides of this game. So you, but I, I guess what I'm thrown by is when you were talking before, you know, during the break, you were talking about you're going to use my Baylor point. Like, what were you going to use? I, it I was for? using your one versus two, which you made earlier in the league. Oh, oh okay. That this is unusual to expect such a big spread of one versus a two, unless we had a historically good one or a bad two. Okay. So, this is, we just disagree on this game. All right. So, the, the Gonzaga, but let's be clear. You like Houston plus the points. Yes, I do. I like, I like Baylor laying the points. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available in over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. we got about 30 seconds, Fez. Give me the Gonzaga handicap. To me, it's real simple. It's a Zags. It's a big jumbo number. I'm not anxious to bat it. But UCLA is fraudulent. A.J. Hoffman made a great point. Is the average for three-pointers, the average made, is about 37%. UCLA's opponents have made 25%. And it's not like UCLA some great defensive team. So, in general, what we've had is teams just shooting poorly against UCLA. They've gotten there. They don't belong there against a Zags team that might be the best we've ever seen. So, I don't love it, but I would lay it if I had to. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.